We're back once again, swamp folk, exploring the woods. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy, and allegedly true, deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net, or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories that'll keep you out of the woods tonight. I have always been an outdoorsman. My father and I spent many an hour in the woods while growing up in New England. Hunting, hiking, fishing, and camping. He was a very devoted father, and despite having multiple sclerosis, a very active outdoorsman himself. Unfortunately, he passed the year that I retired from the US Army in 2017. This takes place around 1993 in the woods of New Hampshire. My father and I were hunting an area known by the locals as the Spooky Valley, a once bustling wool town that had all but disappeared by the 1930s. The last resident hung himself in the barn to be found by a couple of drunk locals who cut him down the following day. Anyway, we were going after Partridge with my dog Abraham. We had bumped a few birds and I had shot one by 10am. The day was remarkably cold, and it threatened to snow. We stumbled on a foundation with a rose bush and decided to rest here. We sat down and my dad lit his pipe. I pulled out a non-filtered Lucky Strike from my back and joined him in the area. It was alive with animal sounds until a few moments later. My dog Abraham started getting restless, and the silence was broken by heavy footsteps. My dad and I looked at each other, and then kept an intent eye on the direction the sound was coming from. A very dark feeling came over us, and my dog took off in the woods running with fear from whatever this was. My father and I got up and made our way back to the access road and our truck, keeping an eye on the woods behind us the entire time. Whatever it was had followed us all the way back to the truck and waited for us to leave. In the taillights of my truck, I saw a tall figure standing in the road. Neither my father nor I ever said anything while we were out in the woods. We just mutually decided that it was time to go. My dog had run back to the truck and jumped into the bed, cowering under a blanket under a camper shell. My father later commented that while he was scared, he thought showing it would cause the visitor to become aggressive. We never went to that place again, and although we had other encounters there, none were as ominous as this one. My name is Ethan. I'm a 21-year-old male and while I haven't been involved in it for most of my life, in more recent years I've become very aware of paranormal happenings. Somehow, I've become surrounded by friends and loved ones who dabble in the supernatural and occult. Although I am not one, both my younger sisters are witches, as in my current roommate, who we will call Sam. This sometimes makes for interesting encounters with strange creatures, and though I may not have ever seen anything yet, I still have plenty of stories to tell. One such story is on a road, just outside of my hometown, I like to call Demon Road. 
even though I'm 100% sure what resides there is not a demon. To start, I live in central Wisconsin, and it is no secret that due to the heritage of our land, there are a lot of old and unusually malicious creatures around. My roommate Sam and I like to go for late night drives on the rural back roads surrounding our towns. They're normally deep within the woods and go for miles and miles out into nothing. Now we know the rules. Never stop for long, never get out of the car, and roll up your windows if the woods go quiet. So, we usually play it safe. But, there was one road that kept catching our attention, mainly because we would never go too far on it before we felt majorly unwelcome and fearful. Like the stupid people we are, we kept going down it to see how far we could get. Nothing much happened the first few times we drove down. On the third drive, we smelled something rotten like rotting eggs. We thought it might have been from the plant we were passing. We would later find out that it was an electric power plant and had nothing to do with the gas of any kind. We just got to the end of the first stretch of the road when we started feeling majorly uneasy, so we turned around. On our way back, we noted that the smell had moved quite a bit, and it was different now. That unnerved us even more. This was the main theme for the next couple of drives as well, and each time we would get further and further. We had gotten so far that we reached a right curve at the end of the first stretch, only to see that it probably went on for another two or three miles. It was at this curve, I want to say maybe the 10th or 11th drive down this road when it happened. I felt it way before we saw it. It was a different feeling than I was used to from this road. Instead of uneasiness, it was a strong feeling of wrongness and a desire to flee. The closer we got to the curve, the stronger it got. I voiced this to Sam, who also drove, and she shared the same feeling. That's when I saw it, and I know you're going to roll your eyes at this because it sounds ridiculous. A white plastic lawn chair. The easily breakable ones that have rounded backs. I kid you not, as soon as I saw this thing, I wanted to scream. My entire being was screeching that I needed to get away from this chair, and I needed to get away now. It was just sitting there, facing us on the side of the road. It felt taboo, like it was never supposed to be there in the first place. I don't know why, I just felt like if I were to go anywhere near it, I wouldn't be able to stop myself from sitting on it, and that was the last thing my mind was telling me to do. It was like those stories of finding cut-off stairs in the middle of the woods, just wrong and out of place and absolutely dangerous. Sam, without saying a word, did an abrupt turnaround and sped back the way we came. We only realized how dead silent it was until we heard the chorus of frogs start back up a couple minutes later. The next time we went down that road, the chair was tipped over, and the feeling was nowhere to be felt. After that, we never saw it again. I was almost relieved, but that was, that was not the last of the terror on this road. It mostly remained the same, uneasiness mixed with the feeling of being watched. Nothing big happened until I want to say our 20th and our last drive down this road. At this point, we had made it three-fourths the way down this long, creepy road. I'm trying to keep my eyes on the road ahead, as I know there's something on this road, but I don't want to investigate the woods and see something I might regret. That's when I hear Sam's breath hitch and felt her tense beside me. I asked her what was wrong and she stopped the car slowly and reversed it a few meters. 
before huffing and continuing down the road. I re-asked my question, a bit more freaked out. Sam, after some hesitation, said, I thought I saw a human face staring at me from a ditch, but there was nothing. Now, I was freaked before, but now I was downright terrified. I asked if we could turn around and go back to our shared apartment, and she agreed. Not even two minutes later, she cried out in fear. Startled, I asked again, what happened? She told me she saw a black shadow figure standing in the middle of the road behind us, staring at her. She also admitted seeing the same creepy figure in the clearing to her right earlier on the road. At that point, I had a feeling that it was toying with us, playing with malicious glee. I did not like that thought. Mind you, I never saw these things and only have Sam's word to go from. But Sam also doesn't lie about these sorts of things, instead of tending to be brutally honest. So, I have no reason to doubt her. We quickly turned around and headed home, badly frightened and wishing for the safety of our city. After that, I firmly stated that we should never go down that road again. I was done doing this entire thing. To this day, five months later, I have stuck to my word and have not gone down that road since. I don't know what was down that road, but it was not friendly in the slightest. I live in an affluent neighborhood in Jersey. Not a whole lot of woods over here. Regardless, I enjoy my fishing and alone time in the few areas of woods that we do have and when I do get the chance to get out of town, I absolutely take it. This happened in the early 2000s, when both my parents were still alive. My father wanted to get out for the weekend, so we decided to pack up and head for an area called Big Flat Brook. We've been there for what felt like a million times with no weirdness ever happening, and we felt it was pretty safe. However, this time when we rolled up to our normal spot that we would normally fish, we had some strange things go down. After a while of fishing, we decided to head back to the car for some food. Again, nothing out of the ordinary was happening. We were finishing lunch and my dad stopped mid-sentence to tell me, get in the car now. I thought I had made him angry or did something wrong. That was until he asked, you have your pocket knife, right? Yes, I barely get the words out before he says, draw it and keep the doors locked no matter what. My dad stares into the woods locked on something, but I can't see. I'm beginning to shake like a leaf as I have no clue what is going on. Another five or so minutes pass, and my dad walks back to the car keeping his eyes locked on the woods the entire time. He tells me to start the car, and I do. He jumps in and floors it out of there. I've never seen my father scared, or even breathe heavily, even with crap hitting the fan in the past, but he was shaking. He had cold sweats. I was told nothing of the incident until a few years before his death when I asked, Dad, what happened in the woods all those years ago? He sighed and said something along the lines of, It was watching you, son. The whole time, just watching you. When I asked who was watching me, he said, Not a man. I don't think it could... I don't know. I don't think you could call it a man. He never really ended up telling me about it since he didn't want to ruin the woods for me, but he told my older brother a description. It looked like an emaciated naked man close to seven feet tall with what looked like rotting patches of skin hanging off. Black pieces of flesh just hanging from it. 
I miss that man and think about that day often, and how he was ready to throw down with whatever that thing was to keep me safe. Rest in peace, Pops. Like I promised, I haven't been there since, and I don't go far out alone. Hey, Swamp Folk. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but before we get into another spooky story here, I just had to take a second to shout out today's sponsor, HelloFresh. If you're not aware, HelloFresh gives you fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh's calorie smart options make it easier to enjoy tasty lower calorie meals this summer without scouring the grocery store for ingredients and the web for easy recipes. You can choose from 50 menu and market items each week. From vegetarian meals to craft burgers and extra special gourmet options, there is something for everyone to enjoy. With all recipes designed and tasted by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity, HelloFresh's produce comes straight from the farm to your door in less than a week, which means fresh, high-quality ingredients. So what are you waiting for? Join me and the others in the swamp at HelloFresh.com Swamped14 and use code Swamped14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash swamped 14 and use code swamped 14 for up to 14 meals plus free shipping you'll be able to find the link in the description come find out why hellofresh is america's number one meal kit now let's get back into these stories i hunt cryptids well i guess i hunt more as a hobby than as a job I've been on many hunts, most of which ended in injuries or deaths. Like Sam White Owl, I believe the public should know these things exist. For some background, this was the second hunt I was on with two other guys and a woman. Their names are Jackson, Alex, and Olivia. Jackson was your stereotypical hillbilly redneck, just without the creep part. Alex is a weapons nut who loves anything with a blade or barrel. He's a genius, too. He could probably tell you just about anything you would want to know. And Olivia, if I'm honest, she was a complete beast who knew everything there was to know about cryptids, and also knew every single way to take each one down. She was funny, kind, charming, and overall a great person to work with. Anyways, on to the story I want to talk about. I got a call from Jackson one night at around 2am. He told me he had a job for us. He told me it was in the Ozarks and that it sounded like it was a werewolf. I told him I was in, and about a week later we were in the Ozarks. Once we got there, we packed our bags with all the necessities, food, water, weapons, and everything else, and then we set off. We tracked it for several days, and nothing of note happened except for the single time a deer scared the hell out of me. On the sixth day, it was about 3am, I was on watch until about 6 well, I heard some rustling off to my right, so I grabbed my knife and got ready. The next thing I see, there's what I can only describe as a werewolf charging at me, and I get tackled to the ground. I swing my knife at its chest and put a gash in it. It roars and runs off. At this point, everyone else is awake and they're crawling out of their tents with guns in hand. 
They all start asking what happened while scanning the tree line. I tell them that this werewolf, the one that we're looking for, charged me, and I think I got a good cut on his chest. So we start chasing it, and we ended up cornering it by a cliff. This was a bad idea on our part, due to what the werewolf did next. It turned around and charged Jackson, grabbing him and dragging him off into the woods. We run after them, and we hear Jackson screaming for help off in the distance. About six minutes later, we get to him and he's dead. I'm not going to describe the scene as it was almost too much even for me. We gather up what's left of him, and we, we burn it sticking around to make sure that the fire doesn't get out of control. The next day, we get back to tracking it, and we find its den. We go in and we start looking around. It's not there, so we decided to sit and wait for it to come back. The night comes, and eventually, it does come back while we're all asleep. I wake up to Olivia screaming. I get out of my tent as fast as I can and get thrown against the wall of the cave. Alex picks me up and throws me over his shoulder and just starts running. The next couple of days are kind of a haze, but we get out of the woods and go home. Alex ends up calling about six other guys that he knows, and they all go hunting and try to find this thing. I do believe they ended up killing it from the stories they told me and burn what remained of Olivia's body. This happened when I was 12. I was staying at a relative's house because we had a break from school. My relative lives in a neighborhood by the beach. It was somewhat of a peninsula. I had made a friend in this neighborhood with who I would ride bikes with and do typical kid stuff. We'll call him Q. One night we were hanging out, just walking around the neighborhood around 9 at night. We decided to walk on the docks and just hang out there. To give you a good understanding, there were two ways to get to the dock. The first way was on a main road which led to this circular type parking lot which led to the dock. The second way was through a small path through the woods that led to the parking lot. This path is connected to a road parallel to the main road. Now back to the story. We normally took the woods path to the dock because it was easier. Fast forward a few minutes to us getting onto the dock and looking out into the ocean, after a little while of just hanging out there, we turned around and saw someone standing under a streetlight on the main road. We couldn't make out any features on this person. All we saw was a dark figure, but we could tell they were facing us. At this point, we got creeped out. In our minds, we were thinking that we were trapped on this dock if this guy decided to move any closer. So we got off the dock and walked through the parking lot coming around a hundred feet within this guy, and then walked around the woods path. After we got off the path, we took a right and started walking up the road. The thought of that guy quickly left our mind and Q started playing music through his phone at max volume. After we walked around 200 feet up this road, I had this feeling. I just needed to turn around. What I saw was the man walking out of the woods, the same man from earlier. I didn't know what was happening. The path wasn't too far behind us. This guy had walked through the woods to find us in an immaculate amount of time without making a single sound. The only thing I could think to do was turn to Q and tell him to turn off his music and run. We ran all the way back to Q's house without looking behind us a single time. We went straight down to his basement 
and started talking about what had just happened. After we had calmed down a little bit, we turned on his PlayStation and tried to take our minds off of it. By the time 11pm came around, I had to go home. I said goodbye to Q and started walking back to my relative's house. I kept walking until I got to the end of Q's road, which connected to another road again surrounded by forest. It kind of formed a T-shape. Then, I was about 400 feet away from the other road, when I noticed the light to someone's porch on the right corner, where the two roads met. As I drew closer, I realized that there wasn't a house there. It was just woods. Before I had time to fully process, a dog started barking, and then another, and then another, until it sounded like every dog near me was barking in cacophony with each other. I looked back at the light in front of me, and it started moving sporadically towards me. At this moment, I, I freaked out, because it clicked. That wasn't somebody's porch light. It was a flashlight that somebody was just pointing at me. I watched frozen as the person began to run the opposite direction from me. When they were out of sight, I snapped out of it and ran home. I have no idea if that was the same person we saw by the docks, and the same guy that followed us through the woods, but I have a feeling that it was. Well, that was my story. I know it wasn't the scariest, but at the time, it was a really creepy encounter for me. I know some people might not take this story serious because I was only 7 or 8 at the time, but I had a disturbing encounter with some kind of creature or entity. I lived in the Appalachian mountain range of Pennsylvania. It was November, around when daylight saving time occurred. I remember it was supposed to be a school day, but since the snow was so heavy, the buses were not able to drive out in the morning, so school was canceled for a snow day. I was excited to spend the rest of the day outside in the snow. We lived on an acre of property, going quite far back into the woods. I was walking deep into the forest to a small frozen pond past my property line. All of a sudden, the woods went dead silent. No birds, no wildlife scurrying around, absolutely nothing. I remember thinking it was strange, but kept walking to make it to the pond. I should have turned around right then and there, but I was just a naive kid. After I reached the pond, everything was, while silent, it was completely quiet. The hairs on the back of my neck felt like they were rising. I was starting to get frightened, but I did not know why. I just felt like something really bad was going to happen to me if I didn't leave at that very moment, so I decided to run back home as fast as I could. As I arrived in my backyard, I realized I was so late, and the sun was actually setting. My mom came running outside asking where I was literally all day, and to never disappear like that ever again. None of this made any sense to me because I had only been outside for about 20 minutes, at least so I thought. I left my house, with my snow gear on at around 10am, right after getting the snow day call from school. It was now about 8pm, meaning I had been gone for around 10 hours. I have no idea what happened and how I had been gone for such a long period of time. I only really remembered being out there for such a short period of time. I don't know if this was some sort of lost time encounter, some sort of creature encounter, or even a wendigo, I don't even know. I've heard so many stories, I don't know what's what anymore. Has anyone else ever had this happen to them? Was it some kind of creature? I didn't see anything at all while out there. 
and I don't know how I lost track of time like that. I didn't fall or hit my head or anything. What do you think happened? Please let me know in the comments. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Deep Woods Horror Stories sent in by viewers just like you. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, please give this episode a 5-star rating as that's also incredibly helpful over there. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that help keep this show going on a daily basis. Many thanks to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode and continuously sponsoring the channel. It's very helpful and we appreciate them, so hopefully you guys would check them out. If you guys are on the go and don't have YouTube Premium, but would like to still listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. I appreciate all the support you give the Swamp on a daily basis. I couldn't do this all the time without you guys. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of hitting that like button, subscribing, and giving us a 5-star rating on iTunes, check out the merch store. The t-shirts, hoodies, and so much more. I'd love to see you guys in some cool Swamp threads. Be sure to join me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.